Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 100. Can't believe it. We're at 100 already. Um, we wanted to do a, a special episode for our 100th, and we decided on Social Network, which is a movie on both of our lists um, that we've been wanting to review uh, for a retro review. And we thought this was very fitting because we run a brand. And it, has, it, had, it had to be a movie. Yeah. It, had, it definitely had to be a movie because that was always the original intent and how it kind of started. Because we would always go to the movies right. and then record afterwards. Right. And it's kind. we're kind of at a lull right now, but movies are picking up. So um, we kind of wanted to do this as not only a special 100th episode special as it were but a kind of jumping off point into the new movies coming out this week which hopefully we'll be checking out checking out really soon and i couldn't have picked a better movie of course you know we do it's kind of on the nose in terms of reference wise because we run a brand we run a brand on social media and facebook was like the first Social media type thing. Well, I mean, other than MySpace, but what I want to say it was the first. It was it was like one of those things that went mainstream. Yes, so I think this was very fitting. Um, so with that, we'll get right into it. Uh, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, we highly recommend that you do. This is definitely one of the better movies of the twenty tens, and I don't. I don't think many people would disagree with that. It was, This was a very well done movie that is just this so entertaining. Like, it's not in the sense of entertaining. It's just like it just has you glued to the screen. It's movies where the dialogue and the actual the art of the filmmaking is just done so well. You're just glued to the screen as soon as it comes on. Yeah. So with that being said... Um, this is one of my favorite movies to rewatch over and over again. And um, one thing, a little nugget of information that a lot of people don't know. Um, I know I've told Brian this, and I know I've told um, other people that have helped us on past episodes and with stuff. That this is actually one of the movies that I would put on while I worked on network stuff when I was living in Vegas. Um, a lot of the... Um, planning or coming up with ideas or outlining in an old notebook happened while this movie was on so it's just coming full circle i guess um with that being said we'll we'll get into it um so yeah it's uh, the social network directed by david fincher um starring jesse eisenberg uh andrew garfield justin timberlake um, um, I'm forgetting somebody, aren't I? Uh, Army Hammer. Twice. Twice, yeah. Um, uh, forgetting another person. Rooney, uh, is it Rooney Mara's in it for like a split second? Yeah. Not a split second, she's in the intro and... Yeah, she's in the intro scene. Um, and then appears later. Um... So it follows the creation of Facebook by Mark Zuckerberg. And it's got probably 
one of the most awesome, if I can say that, most one of the greatest scores in all of movies um, by Trent Reznor and I believe it's Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I could be mistaken. It's one of those scores that is, I mean, it, it doesn't need, it's simplistic and it just fits the vibe of the film very well. And I think it, in those okay, are yeah. usually some of the best ones, the, just like the simplest ones that yeah. are just in your head, immediately remember, and uh, rewatchability is just huge when you get those scores in and you're just yeah. like right in the sense of the film. I think the score itself kind of adds to its, excuse me as I reset, adds to its rewatchability because of, you know, it. it's just so such a cool sound like the movie has a very cool sound to it so um the sound the music and uh and the use of it in this movie are also like really well done like there's just like a a couple a few scenes here and there that are just like when you when you when you get to them they're just like almost immediately defined by the music of the ad point like we're to the rowing scene at one point mm-hmm. uh and then there's a scene in the club later on where the the music is just like almost overwhelming at a certain point right but it it just makes that scene stand out among most of the rest. And it's almost like transition points in yeah. the film. Yeah, so it, it's a great... One of those movies that has a great score on top of already being a great movie. So um, that certainly doesn't hurt it. But it goes through um, Zuckerberg creating Facebook, kind of like his time in school... And post uh, post school when Facebook was just launching and getting big, um, and then it follow you know it follows his friends. A lot of his friends were involved in the company, many of which are billionaires now. Yes, and then um, uh, Sean Parker, who um, founded Napster, um, we all know how that turned out. Turned out. Um, you know, it, it follows a lot of a lot of stuff that maybe people didn't know. You know, the Winkle, the Winkle, Winkle Boss twins um, believing that it was uh, basically I, uh, IP theft. Um, uh, and it's told in a really intriguing way because it's done in a in a way of he's being sued by two different entities. One's the Winklevoss twins with uh, their friend Eduardo, uh, or not, um, Damien Harendra. I would never have remembered him, that guy's name. Yeah, and uh, um, it's not Damien, it's Divian. Divian Harendra. And um, then he's getting sued on the other side by Eduardo Saverin, which was his friend. Um, that was a really interesting way to go about the film, and I thought it was really smart. Because, I mean, like, you can save that reveal to the end that it goes bad between them. Yeah. But at the same time, you also have that now looming over the story the entire time. And honestly, the acting in the, in the scene where that does get revealed was is so well done it doesn't take away from it at all. So I think it was a, a really good artistic choice to have both of those 
uh, lawsuits going in simultaneously and just ha- having like one at the beginning like you know immediately how that how that one started but then you have this other one that's just like where did this go wrong and it was and it was uh, executed very well yeah and it, it's really it's really cool to, that it's told in this way just because it's a little easier to follow yeah because you then realize okay it's stopping every so often to go over the lawsuit so you kind of understand where it's coming from type of deal um and it, it's kind of interesting to see like how now of course this movie does liberties with the truth as all movies do um so we're just merely talking about the movie not about real life um but i liked how it kind of went over like the different things that people know very well about Facebook, like relationship status and stuff like that. Like, you know, who's with who, you know, there's a, there's a moment when he's, uh, Mark Zuckerberg is like falling asleep in class and his friend who is ironically played by, um, the kid from Jurassic park. I forget what his name is. Um, he plays Timmy. Seriously? Yeah, I ne- I, the same guy. I never knew that. It's the same guy. And um, he comes into Zuckerberg's class and goes, you know, that girl that's next to you in physics, do you happen to know if she's seeing anybody? And he go, and Mark's like, you know, people don't come on, walk around with a tag on that says I'm, you know, in a relationship or, is what I believe he was getting at. And he gets hit with inspiration and leaves and then comes up with the relationship status for Facebook. So that was pretty interesting. But another thing that was interesting was the trying to fit in was like kind of a part of the um, movie. So like, cause it start cause it started when he had the breakup yeah, and then made that face match site where it compared the hotness of, of girls at the school. Right. And so once he got outed for that, it kind of made him an outcast, especially among, among the girls, of course. So it kind of it put him out in that uh, in that bad light, and that's that was also part of the, like the way the lawsuit was. He was just like, because like the Winkle Boss guys went in there, he's just like, oh, we want you to program, uh, write the code for this site and stuff, and they're like, oh, it'll fix your image here. People won't hate you for that shit no more. But then yeah, like, he took even, that as a slight. Yeah, almost. it's like almost offended. It's just like, yeah, um, I don't need your help to do that assuming you even think it's a big deal to me kind of and such like that so i mean a little bit of an outcast moment and they kind of touch on that in one of the fast forward uh skip forward scenes with eduardo he's just like he was offended at the idea that he needed to fix his image it did everything he thought he could it adds a lot of notoriety to uh given notoriety and it's just it was just like two very different ways of thinking in the sense between the Winklevoss and Zuckerberg. So they're like an immediate clash, not just personality wise, but just like in the way they look at things. Right. Um, so yeah, it goes through a lot of like the infighting and like what he, they had to go through to get like, um, money or, um, um, like how, Basically, how big it got so quick because there's a part in it where um, Mark got uh, it's something it, it basically happened off screen, but it was like Mark got 
uh, half the school to sign up for it. And it was like up to 600 people or something like that. And then one of the Winklevoss twins was like, if I had, I couldn't even give free drugs to 600 people. Yeah, like <laughs> very true. And there was a lot of that going on where it was like, it was kind of blowing up. That and, was like a, that was a really good analogy when you really think about it. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's I, just like one of those things where it, show, it, it shows like the immediate power of the internet, even way back then, of there is nothing you can do physically that will ever be able to catch up with what you can do online it's just so much bigger and faster um it's just an immediate limitation if you're not using the internet at that point and that's i mean that was back in 2000 what 2004 or something like that early 2000s it was when it blew up yeah it was like 2004 2005 yeah it was was early 2000s so like the internet is not nearly what it was just like five years later like the internet would escalate so quickly yeah so um I just realized that like the Winklevoss twins have like a lot of great lines in this movie because they have that and then they have the uh, they have my favorite scene in the movie which is what is when uh, when Zuckerberg Zuckerberg first launches the site and they try to get it taken down so they go like to the dean of the college right and they and the conversation between them and the dean the dean is just like this is so beneath me and you guys are just you guys sound like idiots or like whiny babies coming in yeah, here asking and, me to shut down this kid's site. This they basically he basically tells them like invent something new. Yeah, I mean he was wrong in the sense that it was not it would not is not was not an idea as big as it could be. He was wrong in that sense. But he's like, but, oh, it wasn't a million dollar thing. Yeah, and they were like, how do you know that? Like I was a treasury secretary or something. Yeah. He had this for really high high end prestigious position at one point. Um, you can't get them all right, um, but at the same time, uh, he was right. It was it was not something that Harvard really needed to deal with. That was a separate legal issue for them to deal with. But I mean, they went through a, a lot of different things trying to get that site taken down at the time. But um, they were too slow. Ultimately, once something gets t- takes off like that, it's taken off. Um. But yeah, that was my my favorite scene was them going because we'll we'll go back to that was the back and forth between them and the dean and how condescending he was speaking to them. It was pretty like he even says at one point when he's like reading the rule book to him, he's just like punch me in the face. To yeah, a no, he tells the secretary. Yeah, and then the the part that I was gonna say that really stood out too was um, I think it's like the the secretary's secretary that sits by the desk in the other room tells them something about like how old the room is or whatever. Uh, it's like 50, uh, this building is uh, 50 years older than the country it's in. So be careful. They're yeah. Just, we're sitting in chairs. <laughs> and then uh, when they leave, they get pissed off. One of the Winklevoss twins takes the doorknob off the door, goes, Oh, I broke a 150 year old doorknob <laughs> and then slams it on her desk. Um, Oh god, it's just such a great movie, but they did really did have a lot of good lines um that I think people tend to overlook. Um this might be one of the, one of the movies with like the most condescending conversations throughout the entire film that I think I've ever seen. Like even when he gets brought to the board of Harvard after getting uh after the space mesh thing and him speaking to them uh, when he goes through this whole thing, it's like, I already apologized to everybody and I think I should get some recognition for, uh, for, for, like, 
being able to break through your system. And then the lady is like, I don't understand. And he's just like, which part? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like we really condescending. Yeah, because the way they filmed that scene in the first place was he's like sitting there alone and there's just a room filled with people in suits all around him. So it right. looks like it looks like he's like, uh, in a sense, kind of getting over. I don't want to say he feels like he's getting overwhelmed. The idea of the scene is that to make him look overwhelmed and surrounded. And then in like three lines, he just like flips the script on them and just makes them look like the idiots. And there's a, there's a lot of that in the film. And again, very dialogue heavy, but the dialogue is all written extremely well. And this was like the definitive, this is the definitive um, Jesse Eisenberg film because he just got, has a quick wit way mm-hmm. of speaking yeah. that just fits uh, the story so well. Um, also one of the earlier Andrew Garfield films, I think. Yeah. This was pre... This was pre... This was 2010. This came out in 2010. Yeah, I, I think the first Amazing Spider-Man came out... 2012 or 2014, I think. Or maybe sooner. No, it was two... I think you get it right. It was like 2011. But it was definitely before that. It was one of the... It was, I think it was the first time I remember being in it. Right, yeah. And I mean, him, he over the last 10 years has really established himself as a fantastic actor. And, and, and he uh, could do both. He yeah, could do serious he, and he could do comic book movies if he wanted to. Yeah, I mean, he was hilarious. I mean, it was because remember we did the whole thing on No Way Home. And I think a lot of people were like, in, like in some of those scenes, like, damn, Andrew Garfield was like really fucking good actor like he's yeah. sell, he's selling me in this yeah and it was a i think we talked about it where we this that movie no way home made us want a third amazing spider-man yeah just to see more of him yeah and uh did you ever see hacksaw ridge you saw hacksaw ridge i have see not with you? No. Oh, you have not okay no. you should see hacksaw ridge it's a it's a film where he's in in uh he's a soldier in world war ii he's a not well because he wants to go to the war but he only wants to save lives like he refuses to handle a weapon or anything like that he refuses to do any violence he just wants to go there and save as many lives as he can and he kind of gets shit on for that for a long time for not being able for not wanting to hold on to a gun and um that was that was uh, one of his better films in recent years um, vince vaughn plays an army guy in there kind oh, of now it, i definitely have to check it, it out. felt out of place at the time but it, it worked uh you should check him out in uh silence it was a scorsese film where he plays a Jesuit priest, and it also stars um, Adam Driver. Okay. And it's a very dark that movie. That sounds like a great combination. But it's a very good, well-acted movie. Yes. Okay, I can take a look uh, at that. I've not seen that either. Yeah, it's a, he plays a Jesuit priest who travels to Japan to spread um, re- you know, his religion, his faith, and it's met with... Like immediate resistance. Sounds about right. Because uh, I guess if you believe in a different faith, then um, I guess you could say the country faith or the state faith, uh, you are persecuted. Yep, that sounds like that sounds like human history. Yeah. So um, it was a very good movie, and I remember when I saw it, I was really pissed off because um, there was a guy that had fallen asleep. Um, and then a guy that was talking during the movie, and I remember making, like, a really terrible YouTube video of it. Uh, if I ever find it, I'll post it on the Networks, uh, thing, uh, YouTube, but 
Um, I just fuck, got so pissed about it. But yeah, I would highly recommend that. So yeah, uh, what we established there is that we are Andrew Garfield fans. Yes. I want a third Amazing Spider-Man. I don't care what they do. Like, just the whatever you were making, don't even rewrite it. Whatever the, the idea for the third one was, just make it. Yeah, we know what happens when they try to switch up the entire storyline of a trilogy in the middle of it. Fucking Star Wars. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so establishing roles for Andrew Garfield and Mark Zuckerberg. And amazingly, Justin Timberlake played a wonderful asshole. He did. He played it perfect. Like he, a like, paranoid asshole. Yeah, he really did. It, I mean, it really went off like the trio between him, Zuckerberg, and Garfield. The the personalities of the characters were like done flawlessly. Yeah. It was fan, it was fantastic. You, I mean, you always get a little iffy a lot when you hear, but like these celebrities who are famous for something other than acting who start getting acting roles, but then they're actually good at it, and then it's just like, okay, totally cool with it. But there's always like always immediate resistance to that a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, Justin Timberlake killed it in this role. I thought that it was, um, cause he played, um, what's his name? Uh, Sean Parker. Yeah. Sean Parker. And I mean, he, they established how important he was in the creation in, in the expansion of Facebook, but also the tension between him and Andrew Garfield's character, Eduardo Saverin. And I mean, ultimately the catalyst that does end up leading to Saverin not being a part of Facebook by the end of it. Um, I guess we could get into shots and stuff like that. This is a flashback review, so, um, and this is actually, despite it being a fantastic movie, it's kind of hard to go over because it, even though it kind of covers all your bases in terms of a drama, it's just, you gotta watch it. It's it's so much, it's so much dialogue. Like, it's so much dialogue. That's it, where the movie shines. Like you want, like you want to know why people love Game of Thrones is because the dialogue was so fucking good. Right. So, and this is a whole movie of just that. It's just different scenes of of the history of Facebook, and the, you didn't even have to use Facebook. I rarely, I did not, was not a Facebook person growing up, and then I don't even use it now. I haven't used it for years. It's almost kind of become. I mean, it has become like the old person platform for the most part, but I mean, it's still. Massive, and everyone understands how, how big Facebook is and how it's expanded far beyond just being a social media uh, site. But yeah, you do not need to use it to like or appreciate this film. This is just an all-around fantastic movie. Um, favorite line? Yeah, let's get well. Let's get into it. Favorite shot? Okay. Favorite shot? Any one single shot? I think I'm gonna go like back to towards the beginning when I said that there was the scene where. They're in the conference room with the board of Harvard, and okay, they just like have, they just have him surrounded with people in suits and all that stuff, and um, it kind of, and how that whole scene just flipped flipped the script on him, but I just like that scene. I liked how it was shot. It was face smash, right? Yeah. So I said conference room at Harvard after face smash. Um, I'll just put blocking because that basically is okay. what that was. Uh, mine, mine would have to be. There's an interesting shot of. Um, 
I'm cheating. It's it's gonna be multiple shots. It's the shots. That's of, fine. This movie is funny. Um, Mark running through Harvard. Oh, at the very beginning. Yeah, with the credits. Yeah. The scene, like the cinematography of the movie, was also some on fucking point. This, like you, like I said, just the credits going through. It's just shots of Harvard. I don't know what it is about the film. It just looks so much nicer. Yeah. Than than it more to uh, any typical movie. I don't know why it stood out to me so much. Uh, yeah. Favorite line. Favorite line, towards more towards the end of the film, actually done by uh, Sean Parker's character. Interesting. Um, we lived on farms, then we lived in cities, and now we are going to live on the internet. And that, I mean, it's 100% accurate. And when you talk about how special of a time we live in, where, especially us, late 20s, early 30s, where we went, we remember a life before it was dominated by, dominated by the internet. And now where the internet, the world revolves around the internet. I think this is a very special time to be alive, being before and after that era. Because, I mean, and that's ultimate, that line is 100% true. Because nowadays the world is, lives on the internet. People's social media is more controlling of their lives than their actual in-person social life. And it just sums up the whole story of the film in itself because Facebook played such a huge role in that transition. So yeah, in terms of like the, the story of what the story is, I think that line defines it as much as anything. So I had too many, but I got it down to like two. There's way, there are plenty of lo- great lines in this movie. One was, um, uh, you know, anyone who makes it, ch- basically anyone who, makes a chair doesn't owe just because somebody invented a chair doesn't mean everyone who makes a chair owes a money type deal. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then there was the um there's a part where um there's a uh I guess you would call it mediation. I know I think I know exactly what you're gonna say. And uh Saverin talks about the money that he loaned to them. Yeah. And um Zuckerberg said, Zuckerberg double checks. Oh, yeah, he double checks the math. The, the math. <laughs> he goes for, for, she goes, for a total of $19,000. And he goes, hold on. And does it, goes, yeah, I got the same thing. <laughs> uh, again, the very condescending tone he has pretty much through the entire mediation. Um, I thought you were going to go with where he calls out the Winkle boss and says, if you were the inventors of, if you were Facebook, the inventors of Facebook, you would have invented Facebook. Well, that was another quote I had was when he was getting, talking to them and the lawyer was like, um, he said something that Mark really didn't like hearing. And then he says, you know, if you knew, oh God, what does he say? Um, if you knew how much money I had, you would know that I could buy, the Phoenix Club, tear it down and turn it into a ping, my ping pong room. Yeah. Something like that. And I thought that was fucking awesome Just as well. a, a reminder of how, how wealthy he was, even at that time. It kind of when Facebook was not nearly the juggernaut it was it is now, but it was still 
worth a billion billions of dollars at that point. But yeah, it's just yeah reminder. Uh, Harvard is so small compared to me. I make that much money. That's how big this went. Fuck you. I'm not. You can't talk to me like this. Um, his ego was something. Let me tell you. Or I guess it's something. I don't know. People like to shit on me now. Um. So scene. Oh, easily, Saverin, and uh, and Zuckerberg. Or really, Saverin laying it out, laying out on Zuckerberg towards the end when he realizes that he's been kicked, kicked basically kicked out of the company. And again, like I said, that scene is so well acted and executed. That is the whole reason that you are able to have the whole Saverin versus Zuckerberg. Uh, litigation throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if that if that scene does not pay off, well, if it if it isn't executed as well as it was, then it kills the payoff. Because you could have waited and had that reveal there. Because I mean, I I had no idea what the story was. I would have not seen that coming that they could, that they just snuck in that contract and kicked him out. But even knowing that it was going to happen, it did not take away from the scene whatsoever. It was just done perfect. Uh, mine is also an Eduardo and Zuckerberg talk, but the talk about the cease and desist letter they get. Um, and that's when, um, uh, Zuckerberg says somebody who makes a chair. Oh yeah. yeah. That was fairly early on when they were still at Harvard at the time. Yeah. And someone builds a chair, they don't owe, you know, the person who invented chairs, something like that. So that was, that was mine anyway. I just thought it was, I, I love that part anytime it comes on. Um, Bukovas got a fat settlement at the end of that. Do you remember what that amount was? I don't, but I remember it was. It was either 10, it was like, it, I want to say it was like 40 million, 60 million dollars. It was a fuck ton of money. They were happy with it, I can tell you that much. Um, yeah, to get eight-figure deal and not have to do any of the work for actually building out the site. Granted, it's not billions of dollars, but I'm sure that I'm sure they're doing just fine. Yeah. Um, I wonder where they are now. I never thought of looking them up. Uh, they, I think I looked them up at a boredom when I was watching it, rewatching it one time, and I believe they're businessmen of some kind. They have a company i think well nothing generates wealth like wealth so yeah if you have the money you can find a way to turn it into a whole lot more uh scores what do you want to give it who 48 48 might be the highest score i've given this is a damn near perfect movie um i gave it a perfect score of five or Five? 50. Okay, that's totally, 50, that's 50. totally fine. It's 50. So um, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I re- The rewatchability is, is for me, is through the roof. Um, the score, as they say these days, slaps. Um, the acting is top-notch. Um I can't really find, I can't, re- I mean, I just rewatched it and I can't, um, I can't think of anything. Like I, I can't think of a moment where there's like a lull in the movie. 
Yeah, um, I just... What's funny is I don't even like the the first ten minutes. Well, I mean, I guess I have to give it forty nine if I have to say. How dare, I, how dare you? It, it is it is going to be near impossible for me to ever give forty nine. But give me a fifty. I'm telling you, it may shift every time I watch it. I'm trying to think if there is. I'll a stick movie with I a forty nine. If I could give a fifty two, my favorite movie of all time is Goodfellas. I don't know. I. I, I don't know. I have to think on that. But yeah, I mean, 48, that's as... Now, you know what? I'm going to stick with the 50. It's about as high as the thing I'm ever going to give anything. I think 50 is fair for me. Because that this is one of those movies that I always tell people, you know, they ask me, like, if you ever became, like, a film school teacher, what movies would you screen? This is always one of them. Yeah, I agree. So 48 and 50, that's pretty freaking good. Um, MVP. Uh, I have, to, I'm going to have to give it to, to Eisen, uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Okay. But I think it is perfectly fine for, to give it to, uh, Andrew Garfield. So I gave it to the score. The score. So the, so the composer. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the score composer, um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I just love rewatching this movie, and the soundtrack has everything to do with it. As I, well. I mean, the acting does too, but like, the score is that much more memorable for me. I agree, because I mean, it's really, I love like, like it's simple. It's not like a fast paced thing. It's very slow paced because it like complements the quick witted dialogue right. of Jesse Eisenberg throughout the movie. Yeah. So yeah, because if you had two things going very fast paced, it would be like overwhelming almost yeah that combination fit uh flawless yeah so that does it for number 100 episode 100 uh if you haven't checked out social network definitely check it out and here is to another 100 episodes another 900 another 900 sounds like a deal there you go (laughs) 